Hello, everyone. It is Friday, June 10th, and it's time for the Friday edition of the Sports Wagon Podcast, episode 159. We made it, y'all. It's the weekend. Hope you're having a good day. It's a beautiful day here in the DMV. Um, I'll be uh, getting a little bit more uh, sun in just a moment here. But um, let's go ahead and run through everything here. Um, We start off with the NBA Finals. So game four is tonight. 9 p.m. ABC in Boston. Boston has a two games to one lead. So in game three, they won 116-100 over Golden State. So let's think back. So if you listen to the show regularly, when I talked about the beginning of the finals and I said, okay, well, they were talking about a big double-digit win for uh, Golden State, and it actually was a double-digit win in game one for Boston. So three games thus far, 12-point win for Boston, 19-point win for Golden State, 16-point win for Boston. So it's been a 16-point average margin of victory in three games for either, you know, in either direction. So this series has just been just crazy. I mean, again, I would have expected that this would have been a little bit more subdued, but it kind of goes back to something else, you know, I mentioned uh, during the conference finals that both sides, both teams that are now, you know, here in the finals, they're they've been throwing haymakers throughout um, most of uh, the their, their the last couple series, and they're still throwing haymakers. So I'm thinking, you know, can these teams keep this pace up? And the and the answer is unequivocally yes, they have done that. So looking back at Game Three, Jalen Brown. So 27 points for Jalen Brown, and the thing that he did really well was attack the basket. I mean, he all he he does that well, but he really went at the paint in this game. Golden State lacked answers for him. Um, also, Golden State had 17 turnovers in that game, and because of the means by which Boston, not just Jalen Brown, but Boston in general, was attacking the paint, they outscored, they doubled him up in the paint, 52-26 in favor of Boston in the paint, so that... Those pieces made the difference in this big uh, 16-point win for the Celtics on Wednesday night. So we go at it again, game four. So Boston has the opportunity to take a big commanding 3-1 lead and wrap this thing up. Uh, was it tonight, I'm assuming they're going to be playing again either Sunday or Monday. So I haven't looked, ahead, looked that much ahead of the schedule. But for tonight, this is one of those things. Golden State, you know, that that experience that 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 you know we've been here before that has to come out tonight for golden state to even the series up and then get it back uh, on the west coast and try to you know kind of right the ship here but um still some basketball to be played it's going to be interesting how this is going to go down uh this evening over to the nhl tampa bay beats the rangers three to one in game five of the Stanley Cup uh, Eastern Conference Finals. So Tampa Bay leads that series three games to two. Game six, Saturday night, 8 p.m. ESPN and ESPN Plus in Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay has the opportunity to close this series out on their home ice. If necessary, game seven will be Tuesday night back at Madison Square Garden, 8 p.m., same channels, ESPN, ESPN Plus. So um, the Rangers started this one off pretty uh, you know they, they had a lot of they had a lot of momentum starting this. Tampa Bay has totally fl- turned this thing around. It's been close, but you know you kind of saw the the momentum kind of turning in in this series. So I don't know. It's you know like anything else in a duo die situation, teams 
usually come out from that very well. I, I, I'm kind of feeling Tampa Bay is going to wrap this one up tonight. Um, watching a little bit of the last game, um, not game five. I think I watched a little bit of game four. Yeah, I watched a little bit of game four. And the Rangers just seemed to lack an offensive punch. I mean, they were just skating hard. They were really attacking. And I think Tampa Bay has kind of slowed them down. So, and, and to that point, Tampa Bay is attacking, taking advantage of opportunities. They had a you know, really nice golden game that was off of a rebound. And, you know, everyone's just, you know, kind of like, oh, it's a rebound. And kind of that rebound was kind of right place, right time, because the player who scored was basically, oh, pucks in my face, boom, right back in the goal. So I kind of feel like this has been a a series of shifting momentum. And I think the momentum's in Tampa Bay's favor. I have a feeling they're going to close this thing out on Saturday night. Let's move over to the WNBA Wednesday night. Some scores sun over fever, 88, 69 Brianna Jones led the assembly 18 points. Melissa Smith led Indiana with 19. So for Connecticut, that is their fourth straight victory. So there, you know, the sun is holding serve here. So they're currently second place in the standings. So they're, you know, really, you know, kind of solidifying their position. Because as I said in the last show, I feel like the Aces and the Sun, I think those are going to be the two teams that they'll probably, you know, if the Aces kind of hit a bit of a slide, I think they'll kind of shift positions a little bit. But I think those are the two teams right now that are kind of standing out. And I think everyone below them, the three through three, four, five, and potentially the six team i think those are the teams that really need to do a little bit more to kind of distance themselves from each other to kind of get that position they need for when this thing's over then they'll have the seating um i feel the, the requisite seating necessary to kind of give them the, the 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 preferred matchup that they like um also on wednesday night the mystics over the sky 84 82 arrow atkins led the mystics with 19 points candace parker led chicago with 16 Let's look at the WNBA schedule for the next couple days. Friday night, uh, tonight, <laughs> Sky at Sun, 7 p.m. on Twitter. Liberty meets Liberty at Fever. Storm at the Wings, uh, first of a doubleheader on CBS Sports Network. That game starts at 8 p.m. The Mystics at the Lynx. And to finish out that doubleheader, the Dream, visit the Mercury, 10 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. One game on Saturday, a Facebook game at 9 p.m. The Aces visit Los Angeles to take on the Sparks. Sunday, Sky at Liberty, Storm at Wings, Mercury at Mystics, and Fever at Lynx. And I apologize. Uh, I think a number of these games on Friday are Commissioner Cup games. So, again, uh, we're working our way towards the uh, Commissioner's Cup. So, I can't wait. That's going to be fun. Um, and we'll update the Commissioner Cup standings uh, on our next show. Uh, for the weekend, so a couple things for the weekend. One of them notably here, NASCAR, the Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma. So it's a road course. That uh, race will start Sunday, 4 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Kyle Larson is your defending champion. Leading the points currently, Chase Elliott with 507. Kyle Busch is second with 498 points. Let's move over briefly to the world of college sports. Let's talk through some college softball. Oklahoma wins back-to-back -back College World Series softball titles. They sweep the Texas Longhorns in two games to win their sixth title all-time. On Wednesday, Oklahoma beats Texas 16-1, to and in that game, Tech, uh, Oklahoma hits six home runs, which is a College World Series record. And then Thursday, 10-5, to 
They win, and Jocelyn Allo, the great Jocelyn Allo, the home run queen of softball, ends her career in an emotional fashion. Well-deserved for her and the Oklahoma Sooners. Congratulations to them. Moving over to baseball, the super regional start in college baseball. So the winners of these matchups will head to Omaha for the College World Series. Uh, we'll start with the games that are just uh, some of the later games, because I can update a couple of these games in a moment. Um, 6 p.m. ESPN2, Notre Dame goes to Rocky Top to take on 1C Tennessee. Uh, at 8.30, College Station, Texas A&M hosts uh, Louisville in a super regional matchup. So currently, uh, top of the eighth, no outs on ESPN2. East Carolina, eighth seeded, leads Texas 8-6. to That would be ninth seeded Texas. Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, and Blacksburg, that game just starting. No score, top of the first with one out. On Saturday... In addition to those games, which will have their game twos, because these are double double elimination games, um, your slate for Saturday, Arkansas goes to Chapel Hill to take on number 10 UNC, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Old Miss at Southern Miss, number 11th seeded Southern Miss, 4 p.m. on ESPNU. Number 14, Auburn goes to Corvallis to take on number three, Oregon State, Pac-12 after dark, 10 p.m. ESPN2. Another matchup with a Pac-12 team. UConn visits the farm to take on number two, Stanford. Pac-12 after dark, half hour later, 10.30 on the U, ESPNU. Let's move over to horse racing. The 154th Belmont Stakes goes off tomorrow, post time at 6.44, your channel NBC. The favorite, moving coming out of the number one post position will be We the People at 2-1. to one. So, as we know, we're giving you the current odds for Friday. The odds will move a little bit more tomorrow. So if you're betting, these are some of the horses you should be looking out. So as we said, We the People is your two to one favorite. Uh, Rich Strike at the four post is at seven to two. Creative Minister at the five post is at six to one. Mo Donegal at five to two is coming out of the number six position. So those are the horses, some of the horses you should be looking out for. But again, you know. NBC, I think, does a really good job of, you know, uh, analyzing. So they've got a lot of handicappers on the show. They do a really good job of kind of giving you some of the ins and outs of, you know, what to look for if you're betting. So, you know, pay it play close attention. You don't have to watch the whole show. I think they'll start their broadcast super early. I think they'll start the broadcast about three o'clock. They'll show some races. They'll talk in between. But probably about 430, maybe, if you want to. To, uh, you know, peek in to see what they're talking about because they'll really kind of start analyzing it much more intently um, towards post time at 644. And of course, um, now here's the thing. Each race is it, it has its own tradition. It, it's special. So you got the Kentucky Derby, the Kentucky Derby is the Kentucky Derby. They sing my Kentucky home. I talked about it. You know, it's 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 such a racist song, whatever. Um, then of course, Maryland, my Maryland, whatever I live here, whatever. Um, now the Belmont stakes and I love it because what's their song? You know, it, New York, New York, love it so much. Um, my wife's from New York. So again, got to shout her out. And of course I'm always like, Hey, they're playing your song. So, um, but again, that, that's kind of the fun part. And it's always going to be, it's always a party at Belmont and it's definitely going to be a party tomorrow. And I'm pretty sure this is probably the first time they've had fans in quite a while. So um, I, I think everyone's looking forward to that tomorrow. 
Um, let's do an update from the world of golf. So we talked last time about the LIV series. So probably not more than 30 minutes after the players who either resigned or walked away from the PGA and said they were going to play in the LIV series. Not more than 30 minutes after they teed off, PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan suspended the 17 golfers that are competing in the series. So as we know, 10 of those 17 golfers have already turned in their tour card. They've already resigned. I think one, I think it was a Graham McDowell, who is a um, who is a past uh, major winner. He went ahead and resigned prior to teeing off and because he said, I knew what's coming. Um, a couple of golfers have said that they're going to pursue legal action. Good luck on that. I mean, again, look, it's not like. Now, here's the thing. Unless there is some contractual obligation, because I think the issue here is this. These players went to the LIV tour for money. So I so I had a whole show, not a whole show, but I had a show where I talked about this. So go back and listen to that, because I talked about Phil Mickelson and his reasoning and how he got in trouble. So this is all about money. So I don't know if the PGA has some sort of agreement where they say, OK, you have a commitment here. OK, that's 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 a that's a given. Now, you can go do other things. But specifically, Jay Monahan, the commissioner, said, listen, if you do X, this is what's going to happen. He told him that. So player, you know, players like Ian Poulter, who is in no one's conversation and good riddance. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, last show, I basically just said, you know, hey, uh, Sergio Garcia is leaving. Good riddance. Bryson DeChambeau is leaving. Good riddance. Ian Poulter. Good riddance. He's going. I'm suing. I think most of the people who watch golf are going, who cares? What? Who cares what you think? Because you haven't been in a major conversation since never. OK, but I think it's crazy. And of course, Greg Norman, who is backing this. Um, one of the backers of this um, has basically said, you know, hey, I'm ready to I'm prepared to help the players sue the PGA. So we literally have a schism, as I titled the last show. We have a golf schism happening here and, and it's all about money. And, and, and I stay in my position. How much money can you make? How rich do you need to be? Because, look, OK, so here's the thing. The format is different. So. The LIV has three rounds, so instead of playing 72 holes, you play 52, 54 holes. You don't get cut. Okay, fine. So basically, everybody has the ability to make money. Um, it's a team format, and it's a shotgun start, and I forget what that means. Anyway, but here's the thing. If you say, I, I read something, one of the tournaments is going to have this super, super rich purse. So let's just say the person at the top makes $5 million. The person at the bottom who finishes last is going to make probably one hundred twenty thousand. That's still that's still not bad. Now here's the thing. Sure, you're getting more money out of this, but I mean, again, like I just feel like this is this is the biggest money grab ever, because I think Rory McIlroy to some degree kind of said this really can't last. Like it's you're going to get all these great names are going to come play in this tournament or in this series. And after a while, it's just probably just going to get boring. And it probably will. I don't know. I don't think I'm terribly interested in watching it because the other thing I realized in uh, looking at, you know, they're going to play an event in Portland in a couple weeks. 
and then they're going to end up in, so I'm going to say this, Bedminster, New Jersey. So you probably know what's there. If you don't, um, I'm just going to go and say it. They're going to play at one of Trump's courses. So already I'm just like, you know what? If you guys are going to be a bunch of jagoffs and play at Trump's course, yeah, I'm not freaking interested. But, of course, there's a few players in that field of 17 who, you know, that's their boy. So, you know, I, I'm not even remotely interested. Speaking of that, um, we're going to see sponsorships being lost. Already, Rocket Mortgage has dropped Bryson DeChambeau. They're going, okay, well, you're going this way. Well, we're pulling our, we're pulling our sponsorship. But that's the thing about golf. It's not so much about the it's not so much about the, 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 the money that you make on the course. You make all kinds of sponsorship money. So I'm just kind of going again. How how much do you need? How much do you want? Like I said, these guys play a sport. They're very good at it. They get paid really well. So if you're saying you're not making enough money, I really can't feel sorry for you. So if greed is the reason that you want to essentially cause this great split in the golf world then what can i do i am just one person i have an opinion and i think frankly it's crazy don't get me wrong you gotta do what you gotta do but again at the end of the day how much do you need that that's that's my overarching point it's it's just insane um now in addition to that so this uh suspension by the PGA commissioner. He said, so basically you're suspended. You can't play in any tour events. You can't even get a sponsor exemption. So even if they want to play PGA, unless some miraculous thing happened, they're going to have to do some serious begging. They're not going to get anything. Um, also, any player who's been suspended, their FedEx Cup points have been stripped. So they're not even contention for the FedEx Cup. And they're... And there's yet another opportunity on the PGA Tour to make money. If you win the, P the FedEx Cup, you make cash. I mean, everyone gets something, but the FedEx champ gets some money. So, again, Phil Mickelson's argument is the PGA is holding out on this. How, again, if, you, if he comes back and says, here's my proof, okay, cool. I get it. But to make this broad statement that the PGA Tour is holding out on me and I'm going to go here and make all this money, what? That where change my mind <laughs> help me to understand help me help you help me to understand this where this secret money is that the pga is not giving you and then the next question is why is it that they have to give it to you because you are not the only person on tour there are plenty of people out here who are trying to make this money and you can't get all of it but i guess making tour money having uh major championships Benefiting from those major championships, um, you know, getting all the sponsor money, that's just not enough. So and Roy McElroy kind of alluded to that in his comments today. He's at the Canadian Open. He basically said, you know, it, you know, money is going to fracture golf. And, you know, and, and he kind of made a point where he said, you know, people watch us to get a window on, you know, kind of the, the sport. But then the question is, well, who's playing where? Usually, you know everybody's going to be at X tournament. Now it's okay. Well, you got the PGA and you got these other guys. Who am I going to watch? So really it's not so much the players are leaving, but it's going to fracture the, the, um, the TV, the, the, the TV's exposure for the PGA is going to be fractured 
greatly. So this is a mess. This is really a mess. But the other piece that I mentioned, and just to remind you, that the money from this is coming from Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who has been accused of multiple human rights violations. And he's also accused of having a role in the murder of Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. As we know, he was uh, a reporter for The Washington Post. So, again, um, this is definitely something that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see um, how long this plays out and what's going to be the actions. Because I really think the players suing the LIV players suing the PGA. I don't know. I'm no lawyer, but I really don't think they have a case. I could be crazy, but I don't know all the details of if you have a tour card, what are the, you know, what are the very specific obligations? Obviously you have to play in so many events. You have to, you know, um, you have to have um, exemptions for certain things, blah, 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 blah. I get that. But if there's fine print in their agreement with the tour that, favors them I, i'm not aware of it but i don't know right now the eyeball test tells me that them going to court is probably going to be a waste of everybody's time but stay tuned all right everybody so let's get on to the last item of the day as we always do every friday we get you with dubs and l's so this has been a quick episode uh yeah super 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 late recording today but I wanted to get out and get some sun, and I had to do some chores, and I still got stuff to do. And, of course, I got to go pick the kid up, and, of course, he's not going to let me go anytime soon. He's going to want to go to the park. So here we go. The L today. The L goes to Isaiah Thomas. I think this is the second time I've given him an L. And this time, it's it's due to the comments he made in post-game of the uh, of the previous NBA game, uh, game, game two. Uh, I'm sorry, game three, rather where he um, kind of said, you know, he kind of pointed at uh, Draymond Green. And he kind of said, yeah, I don't think Draymond's focused. He's, you know, focused on his podcast. So to that, I say this. The best tweet I saw yesterday was someone said, someone basically said, so Jordan went out and gambled all night. Rodman went to, Rodman got on a plane, flew to a WCW event, smoked cigars with, uh, Hulk Hogan and still came back and, and, and got it in and you're worried that Draymond Green is worried about a podcast and I guess another way to put it is I really don't buy that Draymond's focus Draymond knows what it takes to win a championship right now it's not going in their favor and he's been talking a lot lately you know oh if you were playing basketball in the 80s you were getting bullied that was your fault dude don't do that the errors are different. Don't do that, okay? Would he have survived in the 80s? I think he would have been pretty formidable. But, I mean, you got to think, you know, you got guys like Charles Oakley who, you know, shout Charles Oakley, but I, I only want to be his friend. I do not want to see Charles Oakley uh, coming at me rough and, rough and ready. I mean, Oakley was no joke. Uh, Ewing, no joke. Uh, Lambeer, no joke. So, I don't know. Mm, yeah, he probably would got bullied in the 80s. I'm sorry, but 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 no disrespect. But Draymond he's he he does he does what he does. He does he, he he's he's a contributor. Now he's not all he's no offensive threat. 
He gets the rebounds. He's going to knock you around a little bit. He's physical. Fine. He does all those things. But honestly, is he is he is Isaiah Thomas serious? He really thinks this man is all he has on his mind is his podcast. Nah, man. Nah, bro. Miss me with that. Um, so that's like literally the second time I've had given him an L for him saying something incredibly stupid. I think the last time I gave him an L, what he said was even more stupid than this. And he was talking to Jason Whitlock. So put two and two together. There you go. Anyone talks to Jason Whitlock, number one, you're already uh, five down. And then, of course, you're going to say something incredibly ignorant about, um, I think, was it? He was talking about the. Uh, the NFL playing the Black National Anthem, and, oh, that's causing division, which I'm going, oh, my God, please shut up. Please shut up. Please shut up. So, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, you get the L because you're just talking stupid. My second L is kind of got a dub to it. My second L goes to Jack Del Rio. We all know what he said. I'm not going to rehash it because I'm just, I'm just really sick of people, read conservatives, trying to make light of a very serious event that happened. We all know what happened on January 6th. The January 6th committee uh, met last night. I listened to some of the testimony on the radio, and, I mean, I don't know. I think that in their work, the Democrats really need to work on trying to change the minds of people who actually want to listen because I think Democrats really spend too much time. I want to change the minds of the hardcore the hardcore supporters stop doing that. They're not listening. The people who are listening are people who are pragmatic enough to understand that. Yes, January 6th happened. It was bad. And, you know, yeah, this this should not have happened. OK, so for Jack Del Rio to call January 6th a dust up while trying to make this. Uh, the, the typical conservative argument that, oh, well, when after George Floyd died, they were burning down buildings and blah, blah, blah. Violence is never the answer. But, dude, stop making that comparison. That is the worst comparison and narrative conservatives have. So after doubling down on it, then he realizes, oops, shouldn't have said that. Then he apologizes. I thought the apology was crap. And, you know, and stay tuned. I'm sure he's going to say something else stupid. The dub here is, wait for it, the commanders actually did something right. The commanders fined him $100,000. That money will go to the U.S. Capitol Police Memorial Fund. He met with head coach Ron Rivera, and Ron Rivera in part basically said, uh, we don't, the team does not back his comments. It's very hurtful considering it happened in D.C. This is D.C.'s team, and yeah, dude, you you gotta you really gotta watch what you're saying. You can't do those things. So in, in part, so their camp is going to start in a few days. He's going to address the team. This is going to be interesting. Um, I'm sure this is going to be the big story for a little while. Um, and it makes me wonder how the players who play positions that Dale Rio coaches. He's the de- defensive coordinator, and you know you got to figure most of the players are black. So I'm wondering how these guys are going to feel when Del Rio standing up there trying to cobble together some ridiculous uh, apology. He's already apologized at least twice. And how, as a player, how can you look him in the eye? Because 
locker rooms, there has to be some trust. And how do you trust this man after he says these abhorrent things? That's my thing. So it's, so it's bad enough. This team has enough problems, external problems. Now, the season hasn't even started. They haven't even started uh, their optional workouts. And already, this is going to be the question. It's not going to be, okay, well, uh, defensively, how do you see the scheme this year? Or, oh, hey, um, hey, you know, you've got Carson Wentz. You know, how did he look today? No. They're going to ask two football questions, and the other 20 questions are going to be about this stupid thing Jack Del Rio said because he just couldn't keep his his mouth shut. But I'll end with this. Jack Del Rio was a very um, in-your-face aggressive player. We'll say it nicely. And he did some things on the field. He did some things off the field. But as they say, if somebody shows you who they really are, believe them. Don't let them tell you more than once. That's what I said. And when he when I read he said this, I don't think I was terribly surprised. I mean, he said he said incendiary things like this previously. So the commanders finally got an L. I think finding him was a good plan. And um, but Jack Del Rio, I mean, again, he I think he's going to strike again really soon because with what's happening politically um, with the January 6th committee and other things as they happen, I guarantee you the the if it's not going to be about that. This team, I think, is not really going to have a moment's peace to actually talk about football. They're really going to be mired in other things, and it's really sad. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you listening. We got a quick 30-minute episode today, but uh, nevertheless, thank you. I hope you enjoy the weekend, enjoy all the sports. Um, Remember to hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. And until I talk to you next week, so probably about Tuesday next week, we'll check it out. We'll recap the weekend. We'll get set up for the U.S. Open. So the U.S. Open for the men, golf will take place next week. And then the College World Series will probably be mostly set up as the teams who win will make their way to Omaha. And, of course, the NBA Finals and the NHL uh, playoffs, Stanley Cup Finals, hopefully will be set by then. So, so much to get to. We're making our way towards the podcast's uh, summer hiatus for a few weeks as we start to wind down and wind back up for college football. But again, until then, Tuesday, remember to continue to social distance, mask up, protect yourself. Um, You know, the COVID variants are out there still. They're ramping up a little bit. The numbers are going up a little bit. So, you know, just just do whatever you can to keep yourself healthy. And remember to drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.